Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about leveraging your existing knowledge, unique skills, or passion to build a thriving creative business. I aim to show you what's really possible when you stop letting fear have all the fun and start taking action towards your goals. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting PimpYourBrilliance.com. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I'm so glad that you're here. This is episode 102, and you can find show notes at pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash 102. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for creative business owners who want to leverage their existing knowledge, unique skills, or quirky passions to make money. And through actionable solo episodes and the occasional guest interview, I dive deep into what it really takes to build a thriving digital business. Now, today's episode, we're going to be talking about content strategy, because this entire month, I want to focus on the idea of creating content that sells. And content strategy is a really important part of that because the content that you are creating, whether it be on a podcast, a blog post, social media, wherever you're putting it, this is the kind of stuff that is drawing in people. They're helping, it's helping people to discover your business, what you have to offer, what you have for sale, getting to know you, all of those things are achieved with an effective content strategy. But what I'm finding is most creative business owners and coaches are operating without a clear or effective content strategy. They create content for the sake of just having something to post versus focusing on ways that their content can help them reach their goals. And right now the online world is extremely noisy and it's only getting louder. So if you're looking for a way to stand out amongst the masses of creators, business owners, coaches, whoever online, your content strategy is the edge. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about content strategy, what it is, why you need it, and how I use my content cake framework. Yes, we're going to talk about cake (laughs) to build a strategy for my business. So you know, I'm really big on making sure that I'm defining words and that you understand the jargon, the industry jargon that I'm using. So let's start at the top by talking about what is a content strategy. Content strategy is a systemic way that you use various mediums, so written, video, and audio, and platforms to share your brand's message to achieve a specific result. That's a lot of words, but in really simple terms, your content strategy is how you let people know what you do, why you do it, and that you have a solution to their problems. Your content does the heavy lifting of attracting your audience, educating, informing them of their need for your product. And that sounds pretty powerful, right? So here are a few reasons why you need a content strategy, why it's so important. The first reason being your content informs people of your expertise. If you want people to view you as the go-to expert in your niche, Don't hold back on the information that you're going to share. You need to be delivering real value to your audience, and you do that by sharing your best content. Be clever. Share actionable tips and tricks that have helped you in your business, helped you get further in your journey. Create the very best resources that you can share with your audience, and you will gain a reputation for being knowledgeable and helpful. I don't know if you have been on the interwebs as long as I have, but I would say 2015-ish, maybe 2014, 
if you were really big in the creative entrepreneur space, you probably know Regina of By Regina. And I mean, she made this blog with massive amount of content and just really, really high value stuff. And she was giving it away for free or at a really reasonable price in comparison to prices today. And she just gained this reputation for being very knowledgeable. And I remember getting to meet her 2015 at Blogalicious at a conference. And I everybody was there who went to her session was so geeked because we just knew Regina was going to blow our minds with the stuff. And she did. We had such an amazing time at that conference. But she is who I think about when I think about someone really standing in the content and having a strategy that's drawing people in, being really informative, being very actionable, being helpful. She's the model in my mind for that. So I don't know if you were around during like the peak of Bri Regina, but go look her up. She's still, I think her website is still com, but she's doing um, some different things now. So number two, second reason why your content strategy and your content is so important. Your content moves people along the customer journey. So if you know anything about selling online, you know that people need multiple touch points in order to buy. The buyer's journey, the customer's journey from somebody becoming aware of your brand to them actually making a purchase, it's usually not linear. And there are several stages that people have to go through from becoming aware to showing interest to consideration, which means they're thinking about buying your product to them actually making the purchase. These are all steps. And your content strategy helps people move along those steps because people buy from people who they like, know, and trust. This is an indisputable fact. I can, I would put money on it that you are not spending your hard-earned dollars on people that you don't like. I know I don't. But if your content has proven to them that you're knowledgeable, that you're trustworthy, and that you can deliver on the promises that are on your sales pages, your potential clients, your potential buyers are going to loosen the grip on their wallets. And this can all be achieved through your content. Reason number three, your content helps you attract your ideal client. At this point, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. You need to know who you're talking to. You need to have an ideal client in mind. You need to have an ideal client avatar written up. And after you finish writing that, you've probably wondered, great, how am I going to find this person? The answer is really simple. They're going to find you through your content because your content is basically like a magnet. All of the content that you're creating is designed for a specific person. And if you've narrowed in on the right person, you know which topics they're going to find useful. You have an idea of what they're going to be looking for online, what they're searching for. And so you're going to create content that's going to make it easier for them to find you when they're researching those topics online. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more in just a bit. So those are your your three reasons. Quick recap. It informs people of your expertise. Your content moves people along the customer journey. And your content helps you attract your ideal clients or your ideal audience. So why do you need to diversify your content strategy? And this is my favorite part because I've been wanting to share this forever. But 
As you may or may not know, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. On one hand, it's a great place to hang out with friends and waste time and do whatever. But when it comes to using it for business, I don't love it. There's just, it's so much work and there's a lot of major drawbacks. And you have to think about the constant algorithm changes and the diminishing amount of visibility that new posts receive. That really makes using social media feel like a losing game because you're doing all this work and you're getting such a little return on your investment. But social networks really do have all the control and we have a choice to either play the game or not participate at all. That's kind of where you fall with social media. Either you can play the game, do it right and benefit, or you choose not to participate and you get nothing. But this is a growing problem. And a lot of business owners, creative business owners are feeling this right now. And part of that problem is that we are focusing too heavily on social media while ignoring our online real estate, aka our websites. And the content strategies that a lot of business owners are using are not diversified. It's actually too dependent on appealing to the social media gods. So if your content strategy is meant to help your audience find you, That means you need to use varied content types. You need to be using varied publishing mediums and you need to be trying to meet the needs of different segments of your audience. So you may have a lot of success on Instagram, but 100% of your audience does not live on Instagram. It's not on Instagram. Maybe you're really into TikTok. That's great. You may have found your audience there, but there's other segments of your audience that exist in other places. That's not to say that you need to spread yourself thin and try to be on all of the social networks. I really suggest that you maybe master one or two, but your website is a huge resource that you're probably neglecting. And in general, I like to think of people online as fitting into one of two categories. We have focused browsers and we have distracted browsers. And I'm going to share the difference between them. And hopefully this will give you a better understanding of why you need to be paying more attention to focused browsers and not putting all your eggs in the distracted browser handbasket. Focused browsers are people searching for an answer to a question or a solution to a problem. For example, a focused browser may be searching for the closest pet groomer, or maybe they want to know how to start a podcast. You're going to find these people usually on search engines. So Google, Bing, Yahoo, DuckDuckGo, all of those search engines are where you're going to find focused browsers. The more savvy browsers will probably head over to YouTube or Pinterest for answers because YouTube, yes, it is a search engine. It's a video search engine and Pinterest is a visual search engine. Since focused browsers will normally find your content via search engines, You can attract them by creating specific, well-thought-out, and high-value long-form content. Long-form content is content that offers great in-depth information on a given topic or subject. So we're talking content like blog posts, videos, and podcasts. Those are examples of long-form content. And you probably use long-form content every day. Have you ever tried to figure out a recipe like, Um, the pioneer woman 
Have you ever tried to make one of her recipes like the Pioneer Woman macaroni and cheese? If you've ever Googled macaroni and cheese and the Pioneer Woman's recipe for it came up on search, you are being a focused browser because you are looking for a specific answer. And you probably found that recipe with a long story and all of this information. That's long form content. And you were doing the focus browser thing of searching. Search engines love long form content and they give it higher priority in the search engine listings. So this means a few good pieces of high quality content can drive traffic to your website on a continuous basis. And if you pair a solid SEO strategy, so search engine optimization strategy with long form content, you can turn that into a passive stream of traffic, which means you'll still be attracting focused browsers, even if you're not consistently creating new content. So I don't know if you look on your website's analytics, I do. And there are certain pieces of content that I have created that bring in the majority of my traffic. One of those is a blog post about how to start a t-shirt line. It brings in insane amounts of traffic. It also brings in insane amounts of traffic from Pinterest. So those long form pieces of content are bringing in searchers every single day that are looking for that answer to the question, how do I start a t-shirt line? And so if you think about taking these long form pieces and content and writing content that is related to your niche, writing content that is related to the products you have for sale. For example, I have the Brilliance Lounge. So I've been putting out a lot of content about digital products and things of that nature. So that once the search engines, let's say, for example, Google does an index of my site, they basically send out their bots and the bots catalog all the information on my site. My hope is over time, those posts about digital products will start to rank in the search engine. And it's going to bring in people who are searching for how to create digital products or what kind of digital products should they create with the hopes of them coming to my site and seeing like, oh, she has a lot of information on this, signing up on my email list. And then eventually I'll be able to share, hey, I have a membership about creating digital products. So I hope that helps you understand But those are focus browsers. Focus browsers are the people who are finding you via search engines. They are looking for answers to specific questions. On the opposite side of that, we have distracted browsers. Distracted browsers are people who are scrolling online, not looking for anything specific. They usually want to be entertained. They're usually seeking a distraction. And this is where we cue the endless Instagram scrolling or falling down the TikTok rabbit holes of stationary or other random things that are trending on TikTok. Distracted browsers can be found in all corners of the internet, but most of them hang out on social networks. So you're going to find them on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever you have, there's a distracted browser there. Trust me, if if it can be entertaining, if there's a way to just mindlessly continue going through without focusing, distracted browsers are going to be there. But since they aren't searching for anything specific, it takes more effort to get them to leave the platform. Your tactics to get their attention should focus on making them stop scrolling. And the best way to disrupt disrupt their scroll session is with micro content. 
Micro content is written copy, imagery, or video content that can be consumed in 10 to 30 seconds. So we're talking about really bite-sized pieces of information. And if you think about the nature of social media right now, you see social media is full of micro content. We have Twitter, you have tweets. You basically have to get your idea across in, I think it's 280 characters or less. You have Instagram where stories, each story is 15 seconds or um, a minute if you want a video to play in your actual feed. So you see really bite-sized pieces of content. To create really great micro content, it needs to do one of these things. It needs to inform, connect, educate, or entertain to get the attention of distracted browsers and make them take the next step. So if you pair really great content with a strong call to action, you may be able to lure those people away from scrolling and get them to click through to your website. And that is really the challenge with social media, especially platforms that don't have links native inside of the content. So for example, Instagram, unless you have the swipe up feature in stories, there's really only one link that's available and that's in your bio. That's why we always see people with the call to action link in bio. However, if you think about how much work you have to do to get someone to stop scrolling, read your caption, feel like they're interested enough to go to your profile, then they have to click your bio, then they have to go to your website. There's so many steps. It's not a one click and go to the website thing. So it just takes so much more energy and so much more work This is why I want you to diversify your content strategy because you need a strategy that can get the focused browsers, but also appeal to the distracted browsers. So basically thinking about our long form content versus our micro content. Micro content is really great for quick discovery and short term traffic boost because you think the average time span or lifespan of social posts is very, very short, maybe 24 to 48 hours versus long form content. It's necessary in order for you to be able to show up in search engine results and it helps you build authority over time. But you need both because SEO can take days. Sometimes it can take weeks or even months before it really builds enough momentum to make a difference. So while you're waiting for your SEO strategy to work, your long form content to get picked up by search engines, you can do the micro content to help bring in uh, more instant traffic when you are posting, let's say, new podcast episodes or you have new product launches. But you do have you do need both. Both have a place in a well-rounded and diversified content strategy. The real challenge is finding a balance between creating micro content and creating that long-form content. And I do have a trick for that. You need to build a content cake. And yes, we're going to talk about cake because one, I love cake. If you know anything about me, if you know the way to my heart, it is through a delicious cake with buttercream frosting. Don't, don't give me whipped frosting. That's how I know you hate me. But if you love me, You'll give me a a cake with buttercream frosting or honestly, salted caramel, anything. Just the FYI, if you were wondering. But you you probably want to know, what does cake have to do with content strategy? 
and just hear me out. It's going to make all sense. I, I have this analogy or this metaphor all mapped out. Content cake is a very simple framework for creating an effective content strategy. This is the same strategy that I use that helps me produce content that attracts the right people, nurture that relationship, and eventually convert them to buyers. So here is how you build your own content cake. So part one or step one of the content cake has to do with foundational articles, aka cake layers. So every good cake starts with a delicious layer of cake because without them, you don't have a solid foundation to build on. So you cannot build a cake without the actual cake. The same thing goes for your content strategy. You need foundational articles to build the rest of your strategy on. So your foundational articles are going to be about five to 10 written pieces of content related to your niche and your audience. Over time, these articles will attract your ideal audience via search engine traffic. We talked about this and this is why I gave so much information about why it's important to be found in search. As I mentioned earlier, it's your content that helps your ideal audience find you online. So every foundation article needs to focus on solving a problem or resolving a challenge for your audience. This is just good marketing. This is marketing 101. Your audience is out there searching for answers and your goal is to answer those questions in your foundational articles. Now, if you're feeling like, I don't know where to even start writing some foundational articles, a few good places that you can search online to help you get the juices going or even to see the types of questions that people are searching for, I want you to check out answerthepublic.com. Answerthepublic.com is a visual keyword search platform. It's really cool because you put in a keyword. For example, I just did this with a client. We put in the word zero waste because she, she works in that industry. And it populates a bunch of questions that people have searched around the topic of zero waste. So what is zero waste? Um, is zero waste expensive? How do you do zero waste? There's so many questions that pop up. So basically, you can put in your topic in answerthepublic.com and it will give you a bunch of questions that real people have searched around that topic. You can take those questions, write your articles, and eventually the search engine will pick those up and you will probably start to see traffic. Other places that are similar to that, Quora, Quora Quora.com is a community where people can share knowledge. So people are asking all types of questions on there from things about pop culture to things about business to everything under the sun. And they're real questions and people give real feedback to these questions. So it's a great place for you to just go and see what do people want to know about my industry? And then one, you can answer in the community. But two, also jot that down as something that you can create a foundational article about or that you can add to an existing foundational article because you can always add more content. And that's a good practice every six months or so to go back through your content and see ways that you can improve, that you can add additional information or updated information to just make that post even more valuable over time. The last place I'm going to suggest is Google search autocomplete. So if you have searched anything on Google at any point in time, you'll notice that you start typing. The search bar tries to autocomplete your sentence for you. Look at some of the things that come up. 
Again, stuff that real people are searching for. And if you go to the bottom of your search listings after you've done a search, you'll notice even more related topics at the bottom, related searches. Another good place to get ideas for your foundational articles. So foundational articles, you need to have some, at least five. Make yourself a editorial calendar or a content calendar to start getting these created and put out on your website. Part two of the content cake. This is going to be your email, aka the frosting. Now, yellow cake is delicious, but do you know what makes it next level? You add frosting. An email is your frosting. Having people read your foundational articles is great, but you want them to take the next step to learn more about your business and what you have to offer. An email is how you deepen that relationship. As I said earlier, people buy from people who they know, like, and trust. So sending email consistently is a great way to build up that trust factor. The other great benefit of email is that it's permission-based marketing, meaning audience members who opt in to receive emails from you have agreed to be marketed to. I want to drive this point home because there's so much fear around selling via email and you don't need to be afraid of that. Because people know if they're getting emails, eventually you're going to try to sell something to them. That's literally the point. I have been subscribed to Bath and Body Works and Old Navy for years. They literally send me an email every single day. Literally every email they send me is a sales email. And I'm still subscribed. You know why? Because I expect it. And I want to know when they're having sales so that I know when to buy certain things that I want. So don't feel like you are annoying people with your emails. People will unsubscribe if they just feel like they're not getting anything from your email any longer. And that's okay. Every email that I send out has a certain amount of people that unsubscribe for it. It is the nature of the game. That's a part of doing business. Don't get caught up in that. Instead, make sure that you're emailing your list. Don't be afraid to send sales emails or let them know of what you have on offer, you can deliver value and you can sell to them at the same time. If you need ideas for the types of emails you can send, go back to episode number 90. I talked about, I think, five different types of emails you can send to your audience. If you want some ideas about email sequences that you can create for your business or that you should have for your business, I shared those in episode 91. I will also link both of those episodes in the show notes so you can check them out there as well. And just a heads up, right now, text marketing is gaining a lot of steam. Not so much that I think it's going to replace email yet, but keep an eye on it because over time, you may be able to build the same like, know, and trust factors via text messaging and use that instead of email. And at this point, it has better open rates because everybody has their phone. Everybody's checking their text messages. But I still think it's too early to go all in on that platform. But I did want to mention it because it is becoming the new darling. Finally, we have the third part of our content cake, and that is social media, a.k.a. the sprinkles. So social media is your sprinkles. Everybody loves sprinkles. Because sprinkles are fun. They're tiny. They're colorful. They make every cake feel more festive. 
but you don't build a cake with sprinkles first. So why would you do that with your content strategy? This is the real question. Why would you try to put your sprinkles first? You can't do it. You can't have a cake like that. You put sprinkles first, you're just going to have sprinkles on a plate. You don't actually have a cake. But this is what most creative business owners get wrong. They're too focused on the sprinkles. They skip the foundation articles. They neglect their email list. And they run over to TikTok to dance and point at words in the screen. And that's, I don't understand. That's, I don't get it. Social media, like sprinkles, come last. If you did a good job with the rest of your content strategy, you won't need to be a slave to social media to hit your goals. Your foundational articles and your newsletter content can be broken down into micro content. So we talked about that earlier, those little snippets of content. You can pull that from foundational articles. You can pull that from your newsletters that you're sending or your emails that you're sending, and that can fill up your social media queue. This is really great because you're getting more mileage out of the content that you've already created. So one foundational article can be turned into quote graphics, Instagram carousels, topics for live streams, Twitter threads, stories, so many different things. The bottom line is that social media, it is a lot of work for diminishing returns, but with a smart strategy in place, you'll look like a pro in all of the places that your audience is going to find you. Do not sleep on the power of a good content strategy. It is the most effective way to stand out in this noisy online space. And every place is noisy. But if you can use your strategy to get above that noise and really show yourself as someone who's knowledgeable, someone who is ready to give value and who is solving real problems for their audience, you're not going to have a problem. I am curious to know if you have a content strategy to get the word out about your business. I want to talk about this over on Instagram. Hit me up in the comments under the graphic for this episode. Remember, this is episode 102, and let's talk about it. Let me know about your content strategy or give me your thoughts on the content cake. Are you going to try it? Do you think it's too out there? Let me know. I'm curious to know. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and tag me at Pimp Your Brilliance. I love hearing from you, and it's very helpful every time you share the episodes. The download numbers go up. This helps me get more opportunities from the podcast, and that's something that I'm really, really working on, growing the show and growing the opportunities that are available to me for this show. So please share and let me know your thoughts. And that is all I have for this week's episode. Until next time, go out there and pimp your brilliance.